Welcome back to The 99, where we're focused on brewing a better competitive commander. I'm your host, Professor Marlette. That's right, I am both your headmaster and guide to the world of Strixhaven, School of Mages. Out are the guilds of old as we are slotting you back into college, and I'll be there to help you along the way to assess which of these colleges are going to offer you a passing grade. So, with my coverage of Strixhaven, I'll be covering every notable card, but specifically every rare and mythic, to see if they are valuable not only in CDH, but in Commander at large. So, if you want to follow along for all that coverage, the best way to do so is here on the 99. I'm extremely excited for this set, in particular if that crossover with Harry Potter is accurate from that 4chan post, so we will see what comes of this set and of course expect some really great brew wars from it as well. Now guys, if we want to help support the channel, the best way to do so is via Patreon. Your pledge there goes miles in helping the production costs of this channel. And if you want to learn about the benefits, you can do so in the link in the description. Also, if you're looking to pick up any of these packs or singles or more, pre-ordering them when they become available or anything that you've seen on the channel prior, the best way to do so is via TCG Player, as a portion of those proceeds will go to help the channel. Costs you nothing extra, but again, helps out with production here, and I thank you if you've been using that link. Now guys, as we do with every month, there is a monthly topic to discuss, and for the month of February, the question is simple. What is your favorite deck list, and how does it play? So far we've heard Kumano, Scarab God, and of course hang tight till the end of this video where I'll be sharing the thoughts of one of our brew crew members on their favorite deck list. And of course, you can jump in on the same conversation in the comment section down below. So don't be shy, feel free to share that list, whether it's casual or competitive, so long as it's a list that you've enjoyed brewing and playing, that is all that matters. I hope you've enjoyed the live stream sessions here on the channel, our cold brew episodes. So far I've done Kelsey and the Plague, Hans Eriksson, and uh, Atla Polani, which I've spent quite a lot of time on since that live stream. I've made a separate list for her, uh, different than the live stream. I've actually made two decks for her. Maybe I'll share that uh, down below, but those were all Patreon suggested lists that I've brewed, and of course, for the fourth week, if you didn't watch our February project video, you'll know that the fourth list is viewer suggested. So if you have yet to jump on that, vote on a list or suggest a list, go ahead and visit that video now. It's somewhere in the corner of this uh, screen that you're watching this on. It should work on mobile and or laptop or desktop. I don't know what you're using. But guys, other than that, let's, let's jump into this by visiting one of the five colleges uh, in Strixhaven. There's five, it's one school with five colleges. And I'm really curious when they have the Triwizard Cup, are we gonna get the other five guilds or, or colleges from that set? I'm extremely excited to see what they are and what they hold. But to start us off right, Loreholds are diligent researchers and daring adventurers. Passionate scholars obsessed with history, they explore the past by poring over archeological artifacts and summoning long dead spirits. Hopefully something for Teshar. For some students, the past is a rich tapestry worthy of disciplined study, while others wear the tapestry like a cape as they jump down into a forgotten tomb. Their motto is prepare to be underwhelmed, similar to Boros's actually. Now for each of the five colleges, there is a command associated with them. And if you'd like to see all of the five commands, as well as some archival cards that were announced. Of course, I'll leave a link to Watsi's website in a pinned comment down below. Now, the first of our commands is Lorehold Command. At a total mana value of five, three generic and Boros, or I, Lorehold, I should say Lorehold. That's gonna be really tricky. I'm, I'm so used to calling these by their guild names. Instant speed, you have choose two. Each of these commands, they're all modal. They all let you choose two. The casting speed, as well as cost, will all vary. And I'm gonna go over these 
giving them a passing or a failing grade based off of their effect. And I'll do something similar with our reviews of the set moving forward. But the first one is okay. You can create a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token. Now, it's important to bear in mind that with any modal spell, you do the effects as they're sequenced or written on the card. So if I were to choose this mode in any one of the other ones, the first thing I'll do is create a 3-2 red and white spirit token. That's important looking at this card. And what I like about modal spells, in particular ones that let you choose two or more functionally off the bat, is that uh, you're looking at, you know, strict value per cost. You know, it's not like there's an escalate for choosing an additional mode. You just get to do two of these things. So a 3-2 red and white spirit creature token is pretty vanilla. I think it could have used a keyword or two, like it could use flying, some evasion. A 3-2 flyer is relevant at five. But again, you get to choose another mode, so maybe these other modes are useful. Even Vigilance would have been good, just paired with the next mode we have here. Creatures you control get plus one, plus O, oh, and gain indestructible and haste until the end of turn. Now, this is instant speed, so you can use this as a combat trick, a five CMC combat trick. That's quite a lot. Plus one, plus O oh is a little bit on the weekend for this effect. Again, I think that they, they dummied this down quite a bit, but it is a rare from the set, so it's a little tragic how this is working out. Again, indestructible is useful, so your things will survive a fight, but haste enabling, I, I guess you would use this to crack back at someone. And bear in mind that I'm reviewing this as a commander player, but this set is not strictly for commander players. Despite the fact that there are five separate commander sets being pushed for this, I hope this isn't in that commander box, by the way. So creatures you control get plus one or plus oh. I'm, I'm not gonna say this is good. It's a very weak mass buff. Next we have Lorehold Command. It deals three damage to any target. Target player gains three life. So this is essentially Lightning Helix. This has been printed on a couple of Boros cards, Lorehold lore cards of the past. And Lightning Helix just does three damage to any target. It's, it's a creature or player, which translates to Planeswalker now, um, and gives you three life. The life gain is super negligible in these colors in Commander. So if you're in Mardu, maybe there's some value there, right? Your your ad nauseum is three bigger, but then you're also running the risk of, you know, playing a five CMC card that you can pull into off uh, ad nauseum or Dark Confidant. So it's not that good. Or Dark Tutelage, which I hope gets a reprint in the set. It's one of my favorite um, draw cards. So I don't think that's good at all either. The, the, none of these effects are really great, aside from this last one. And remember, you get two of these, sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards. So it's like a micro Tevesh, right? You get the draw, you get to do the thing, uh, except you don't have to sacrifice a creature or planeswalker to do it, you can sacrifice any permanent. Now you don't get the bonus of sacrificing a commander, it's not like Tevesh at all, really. It's just to sacrifice the thing, draw two cards, okay? Are you happy? You got, you got draw in red and white now, it's just strict draw. You don't need to rummage, you don't need to loot. Um, and you just, I mean, for white, what, what is the equivalent white? There is no white draw. So, <laughs> Mentor of the Meek, you don't have to rely on things happening for you to draw, you just draw. Does that make this at 5 CMC good? I don't think any of these abilities, because Lightning Helix, we, we have a direct relation there with an actual card, that is uh, a mana value of two. So, what's 3 CMC worth of value here? Is sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards, three CMC worth of value? Is uh, making a red uh, three, two uh, spirit, a red white three, two spirit, three CMC of value? I really don't think so. Even at instant speed, right? So that's the kicker here. That's the, the real value proposition that you can do this at any time. 
I don't think that this card is that good. So with one of four effects, the fourth mode being the good effect, this is going to receive a failing grade from me. I would never slot this into a commander list, let alone a CDH list. Um, obviously, the threats in the games are played out differently between a more casual setting and a more competitive setting, right? There are a lot more creatures, I feel, in a casual setting, at least from the games I see played. So where this might actually hold some value, like having a 4-2 red-white spirit with indestructible in haste might be benefit uh, of benefit on your turn and or to uh, hit opposing um, attackers, rather. So maybe there's some value here in a casual setting, but I, I don't even think... And maybe you can answer me. I don't even think Lorehold is going to see play at any level uh, for Commander. And again, these are not Commander-specific cards, although they do have Command in the name. Moving on, we have Prismari. Prismari are the theater kids of Strixhaven, and magic is how they express themselves. Their spells can be spectacles of raw creativity or meticulous artistic expressions. All the world's a stage, <laughs> and whether their art is informed by mind or emotion, Prismari always leave a lasting impression. Their motto is, and all men and women merely players. A little bit of Shakespeare in there for you. Alright, so Prismari Command, for one generic, one blue, one red. So we're in Prismari. <laughs> Instant speed. Choose two. Prismari Command deals two damage to any target. Uh, I, Shock? Hyper-relevant now. Right? So Shock, again, you get this in an additional mode, so 2 doesn't seem that great, but in a CDH setting at least, uh, this is very, very good. This hits a lot of hate bears, obviously, traditionally 2-2s, two uh, you know, Dranith Magistrate skirts by, but this is still 2 damage, so you hit the Hull Breach, you hit the Opposition Agent, um, even hitting a Timna is relevant in some instances, and because this works at instant speed, you can hit that Timna before they ever damage you, or after they've damaged you, you let them successfully do it, before they go to their post-combat main phase, you can do the damage before they get that May draw effect. So quite good in my book, Prismari Command, uh, just for that alone, seems like it might have some value with its other modes, so let's see what those are. Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. I think I mentioned looting when referring to Lorehold. Well, Faithless Looting is one of my favorite draw cards in the game of Magic. Uh, it's such a good effect. And to have this on a targeted ability, uh, that's really fantastic. So you can force a player to draw two cards with what is the most relevant combo in Magic right now, at least for Commander CDH-centric players. Thalsa's Oracle Divine Consultation. If you can force them, right, if they're hard casting the solution and they don't have the Underworld Breach down, so they don't have a wealth of counterspells to interact with you, they've just pushed past whatever was happening. They go Thassa's Oracle and Demonic Consultation, let them exile their library, and then say, you draw two cards. And then discard two cards. Well, you know, they're going to they're gonna lose when they go to do this unless their list contains a Noxious Revival. And even Noxious Revival doesn't help in this situation. There's only so many ways you can squeeze past drawing two cards and losing uh, when you do the Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation setup. So I like that you have targeted Faithless Looting on top of the fact that you can just do this to yourself. Now, in uh, Pris Prismari, <laughs> or is it? But in Prismari, you know, is it good to feel your own graveyard? Not necessarily, but you can use this on yourself uh, and get back any sort of flashback cards and or just have a Snapcaster setup. Um, you're generally going to ditch cards that are not effective given the board state, right? So instant speed, you have a lot of time to make that decision and get to do that. Again, two for two so far. I, I find these both very useful. The third mode, target player 
creates a treasure token. Now this is interesting. You you don't have to give the treasure to yourself, but you'll likely give the treasure to yourself. Um, this effectively, it virtually makes this a mana value of two, right? So this is essentially a two mana value card. Is that um, good? I don't, the artifacts in the game of Magic are, are usually very valuable. I mean, you're in red, so you can do trash for treasure. You can use Duretti to switch this treasure for something in your graveyard. Um, there's plenty of ways, right? Your Goblin Welders, your Goblin Engineers to utilize an artifact because that's what treasure tokens are. However, by and large, I don't think you're gonna use this third mode often unless you really need the mana or you're on some sort of grinding station underworld breach combo, but then you're, you happen to be in blue as well. So it's like, why wouldn't you just be going for brain freeze at this point? Uh, there's likely no reason for you to use grinding station in this build. So you don't need the grinding station to sacrifice the art artifact to mill three to get the ball rolling with your underworld breach. If you feel, feel what I'm throwing down class. I don't think that the third mode is good at all. However, can we save it? Can Prismari save it with their artistic expression in destroying target artifact? Um, so, there aren't many artifacts that win the game. And I, you can say Citadel of Bolas, you can say your Mystical Forge, whatever. They're not commonly seen at a CDH table. And I'm not sure they're heavily played at casual tables. Y again, this is for the commander player at large. We've got more of an audience than just CDH players that come to the show, that pledge on the Patreon. I, I know you guys play at all levels of play, so you can tell me what artifacts are super relevant uh, at your board, and I'd love to hear that in the comment section. Uh, the things that I see that are really damning when they land are um, enchantments, right? So Underworld Breach, when that lands, it's usually game over. Um, and Necropotence, like when that lands, well, they're gonna get value whether you destroy that or not. So having that at instant speed is less valuable here. I think having artifact destruction is best at just removing the mana crypt from a proactive list, at best removing the Grim Monolith off turn from the proactive list. It's cutting down on the resources that these faster lists receive, right? And this is before they drop their Krom or their Tavesh or their, their engines that get them um, cards back from, you know, their mulligan of five to the perfect hand. Well, you can shut that down by saying, well, I kept a hand of seven with Prismari command and I was able to do this on my turn too. How cool is that? I think that this is at three for four because that last effect is good enough in my book at three for four. Prismari Command is going to receive a passing grade. This is a fantastic card. It's border, It's just baseline good. Like all the effects, and you get two of them, all the effects are really solid from uh, turn one to turn 10. However long you go into the game, destroying an artifact, dealing two damage to a target, um, these are all very, very irrelevant. And of course, you know, filtering through your hand, this is less, um, it's not really card quality. You know, it is card quality, I'm sorry, you're looting. So you get to draw two, look at your hand, assess what you need, and then discard two. It's the opposite of a rummage, right? This is definitely a, a quality card, by and large. Prismari Command, fantastic. However, not the only college we'll be discussing today, because we're moving on to Quandrix. Quandrix mages are ingenious math magicians. They study patterns, fractals, and symmetries to command power over the fundamental forces of nature. They'll solve a Rubik's Cube while contemplating the metaphysical properties of the universe and can recite every number of pi backwards. Their motto is, piece of cake. Now we're in Simic, if you, uh, Quandrix, if you haven't guessed from that spiel, uh, had a mana value of one generic, one green, and blue. Instant speed, choose two. 
Return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. Now, this is a decent bit of control magic. Uh, some relevancy here with the planeswalkers. Not that many people run opposition for planeswalkers in commander uh, at any level of play. Not that I typically see. And planeswalkers are becoming far more relevant. I see three fairy often. I see Oko often. I see Tavesh every time I play them. And getting to you know have that player cast that spell again is such a hiccup for their strategies. Like if they obviously want that creature down for value, and if you're stopping them from obtaining that value, if their turn devolves into just recasting that and then passing, well, at least you've removed them from a handful of resources, their lands or their artifact ramp. Um, somewhat decent, but I think more relevant is that you're able to return target creature, anyone's target, you know, it doesn't have to be an opponent's creature or planeswalker, so you can bounce your own creatures to your hand. In these colors, there aren't that many great creatures to bounce. I mean, like an Eternal Witness is like the big one, right? You get to abuse that ETB, really anything with a decent ETB in Quandrix. However, if you add red to the equation, bouncing a Dockside is like a really big thing. Folks run a lot of bounce effects, not only is pseudo removal, it's not. If they tell themselves it's removal, that's a lie. It's mainly to snap their own Dockside, right? So having that as a secondary benefit of this card is somewhat decent. I would say that's somewhat decent. Now the second effect, and again, you can choose any two. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Well, this sort of piggybacks on our previous conversation regarding uh, Prismari. This handles both artifacts and enchantments. Countering artifacts, I, you don't often see. Um, it is a good way to keep it off the board, but sometimes like them, you know, your opponent landing the mana before they go to do the big play is very relevant. So if you can keep them off the mana, that can actually be a good thing, particularly if they need to use countermeasures, and it's always a blue list, they can use countermeasures to uh, have to interact with you, then they're running out of resources to protect what's actually important. However, you generally save counter cards for the win, which are sometimes and oftentimes enchantments, right? Again, Underworld Breach is the big one right now, but there are a ton of value enchantments that hit the board, and or just annoying enchantments that you don't want to deal with, right? A lot more stacks lists coming back out, a lot of rule of law effects coming out. Um, so whether it be Eidolon of Rhetoric and or Rule of Law itself or Deafening Silence, those are all enchantments. Now, you're doing the board a big favor encountering that at 3 CMC, uh, at 3 mana value. However, it's it's sometimes worth the, the effect. Like, you don't want to have to deal with the Rule of Law for too long. Uh, so if you can get it out of the way early and you're already on a winning plan, that's not a bad thing. Uh, I think the counter is very selective. I don't know if you're going to use this mode often. Uh, neither will you use this third mode. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. So this is okay. If you have a strategy that relies on persisters, you get a reset on that persister, because oftentimes if your persister already has the negative one, negative one counter on it, it's in a bad spot, right? You can't do the thing then. But if you give it two plus one plus ones, it's, you know, a positive plus one plus one, you can begin the persist line of play. However, you're in Quandrix. So with this school of thought, you're likely not running a persister strategy, you're running Thos's Oracle, right? Right? So I don't know if this plus one plus one counter manipulation is going to be very valuable in a commander setting, uh, at least with the strategies that are common in these colors. However, if you extend that, uh, you might have a plus one plus one counter manipulation strategy that is val valuable. And it's also just a combat trick, technically. And these creatures don't need to be yours, so you can buff an opposing creature if you must uh, to get 
an effective kill on a much larger or more threatening creature, right? It's not a bad, it's not a bad effect. It's not one you're likely going to go for. Lastly, we have the fourth mode, which is target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. Now, uh, again, you hear me harping on Underworld Breach. This is actually a decent effect. Now, this doesn't need to be used again on your opponents. It can be used on you as a method of recovery, um, but this is really good to muck up an Eternal Witness, right? They want to get that thing back in their hand or Noxious Revival. They want to put that thing back on top of their library. Well, at the same speed as the Noxious Revival instant, you can say, nah, you can shuffle that and you can shuffle those other two cards and mess up their entire escape pile with Underworld Breach. It's not a huge effect for the game of uh, Commander. I, I think by and large, it's, it's gonna be really good at messing up reanimate strategies and or uh, Underworld Breach piles if their escape pile, their, their, you know, their graveyard is low. However, I don't think you're gonna use that mode altogether too often either, but the counter, the first mode of the second mode, and I'm gonna say the fourth mode in loose situations, that gives this maybe two out of four passing cards in total, I would say this is a failing grade, however. Quandrix Command at 3CMC, I would prefer it had a better counter attached to it. And to the issue with these particular commands in, in general is that it's tough to say when these two modes are going to be relevant at the same time. You know, at least, it, you know, if you're trying to counter a thing, getting a plus one plus one counter, or rather two of them on a target creature is okay at the same instance. You know, uh, shuffling three cards from a player, up to three cards from a player's graveyard is, you know, relevant in some situations, but how much value are you really getting out of this at three CMC at instant speed? I, I would say not that much. So Quandrix Command, failing grade. However, Silver Quills wield the magic of words. From inspiring battle poetry to biting arcane insults. I gotta hear a few of those. Stylish, intimidating, and tirelessly competitive, these mages are born leaders with razor-sharp wit and natural charisma that can be used for good or for ill. Their motto is, you can't splice my style. <laughs> splice on arcane? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Um, so we're in Silver Quill now. At a mana value of two generic and one white, one black sorcery speed, our first sorcery speed spell for the commands, but let's see if it's any good. Choose two. Target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains flying until the end of turn. Uh, not really great in commander. I mean, again, not a commander specific card, despite the name command. Uh, it's not going to be great. You're not going to really use that often, particularly because it's not at four mana value you'd really want that as like a combat trick because you get the flying so you can hit you know that's usually the biggest form of evasion in commander right flyers no one's really using shadow or uh, any of the effects that let you skirt past um being blocked plus three plus three at sorcery is okay like you're really gonna beat someone down with this i, I don't think so return <laughs> moving on if you're wondering, that's a, we're 0 and 1 for Silver Cool Command. Return target creature card with converted mana value. I, I even said converted mana. If you're wondering why I'm saying mana value, it's this card. We have readdressed how we say converted mana cost to mana value. And it's tripping me up this whole time. With mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So this is like an updated Orzov charm. Orzov charm, right? Uh, that lets you get a creature back of one mana value uh, from your graveyard to the battlefield. Is this relevant? 
Not necessarily in these colors. I mean, Orzov doesn't have that many. I, the Dranith Magistrate, right? That's the biggest thing I can think of. Um, there aren't that many great white and or black creatures you want to get back, unless someone removed your Dark Confidant. Maybe you want that back. If you were to shift this into Mardu, or whatever you know, college or higher learning that would be, um, then you get Dockside Extortionist, and that's like a big deal. But other than that, I don't think there's that many great 2CMC or, or under creatures you want to bring back in these colors. However, extend that and obviously this becomes more playable. At face value, I don't think that this effect is that good either. So we're 0-2 we're so far. So we don't want to choose either of these two. Potentially the, the second one. But target player draws a card and loses one life. We are paying 4 for this. We are paying 4 for this and target player draws a card and loses one life you know what just to rain on that person's parade i would deflecting swat that and you would feel so bad obviously the, the target player is you and 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 in a very dissimilar way to our previous card that allowed us to what is it it was prismari right prismari command let's just do that at instant speed draw two discard two so we can't muck up the thassa turn uh, with this at all as a matter of fact we just get to draw a card and lose a life that doesn't really feel equivalent to the cost of this card. None of these effects here do, and none of these effects really should, right? It's the added value of having two of these things go off at once, but none of these so far do I care to go off at all. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. Okay. Silver Quill Command. I don't care how stylish you are. I don't care how sharp your quit is. This is mediocre. And that's putting it mildly. And again, if this was my rare, I would be so upset if I pulled this. Because even if that were to say each opponent sacrifices a creature, it still wouldn't meet the mana value cost of this card. It's just it's just not there. Silvercool Command receives a huge failing grade from me. I would never play this in Commander for any reason. Uh, except for maybe the second mode, but there are better ways to do that effect. There are better ways to incorporate this effect in your list. And again, in particular with CDH, our life is a resource for those cards like the Dark Tutelage, Dark Confidant, and in particular Ad Nauseam. So having a four drop that's just mediocre, even Deadly Rollick and some of those more proactive lists that utilize Ad Nauseam, even those lists are reluctant to incorporate things like Deadly Rollick, which is a very good Exile creature card. This is is bad. This is bad. Lastly, we have Wither Blooms. They are goth biomajors. They draw power from the essence of living beings, whether that means enhancing nature or exploiting it. Wither Bloom mages are most at home riding zombie crocs, picking herbs for potions, and hanging out in their swamp making grim jokes. Their motto is <laughs> like Golgari, but goth. And we have Wither Bloom command for our Fifth college command spell at black and a green sorcery speed. Choose two. Now I'm very hopeful that we can at least get two passing grades out of these recent spoilers. Target player mills three cards. Then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Now it's important to read that as it's stated. So you don't have to be the target for the mill. You just get to get a land back from your graveyard. That's actually quite good at any stage of the game. But early on, if someone does their Imperial Seal, Sylvan Tutor, any top deck tutor that they take on their turn, you get to mill that along with two other cards and then get your, I don't know, your Verdant Catacombs back. Whatever fetch land you played, right? That's actually quite good. I actually really like that top effect a lot. 
Um, I think that's going to be very playable in a CDH setting because you're oftentimes, you know, in a lot of these lists, you've got nine to ten fetch lands if you're in trip color, right? So including your Prismatic Vista, if you have basic lands in your list, uh, there's a lot of targets for this, right? That's one out of ten cards of your list. So I think early on, Witherbloom Command's first mode is going to be very, very valuable. So one for one. Destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. So, so with this, bear in mind, you, it's non-creature. So it's not going to hit the hate bears of the world, but it will still hit stacks pieces, relevant stacks pieces. And I mean, anything from the Torpor Orb to the Dampening Sphere to the Sphere of Resistance. There's so many things you can hit with this. And obviously this also means enchantments. So you can hit those root mazes as well. And most Witherbloom list are going to be concerned about uh, their graveyard. So you can also hit Grafdigger's Cage with this. Again, any enchantment and or artifact uh, stacks piece that's relevant uh, to stopping your strategy, you can cut down on with Witherbloom Command. A good second mode in case those are on the field. And again, much like all of these commands, whether these modes are relevant at the same time is the tricky bit, right? So hopefully you can get the most out of this. I think uh, as the games drag on, these become far more relevant because more of those modes will become effective. And that this statement is a blanket for all of the commands we've seen thus far, but in particular, this one. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. Now, this isn't a combat trick unless your opponent is a dimwit, but negative three, negative one, the most important thing to assess here would be the defense negative. And at negative one, you're gonna get rid of a, a dark confidant, um, a notion thief, right? There's some relevant targets with one defense. If you wanna be a real cool guy, you can get rid of their real goth. You can get rid of their bloom tender, right? They won't like that. You tap for nothing. Um, you, you t it's dead. So uh, this, is, this is a weaker mode. This is a weaker mode. I would say that like, this is partially useful. Again, it's the relevancy of targets. Like when you cast this and you can cast this, this is the, the cheapest mana value wise of all of our commands. So you can cast this very early. And even if it just means destroying a Arbor Elf, that's kind of a big deal, right? In particular, those lists that still utilize dorks for their ramp, that's not so bad. So I'd say this is like, a, this is like 2.5 so far. So two of these are useful most of the time, and then one of these is useful kind of part of the time. And also, it, it it's sorcery speed, right? You have to bear that in mind. So you can use this after you've done some combat damage to someone to kill something with a larger defense. So maybe valuable. The last ability, though, target opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Two is so negligible. Two is, two is a, a, a mediocre amount of life to have lost or gained in a game of Commander where your life total is set to 40, right? So I don't see that being useful at all. Even for the Adnos player, like two life is not, that's the cost of running this card in your list when you, you know, top deck it, when you turn it over. Uh, as your headmaster, I'll advise you not to utilize the fourth mode, but I would say that 2.5 of these are more than usable at two CMC and sorcery speed. I think that this receives a passing grade. In my book, this is definitely playable in Commander. Again, that fourth mode, never. However, I, there might be a game where it kills someone and then, you know, you can tell me about that. However, for the most part, I would say Witherbloom Command and our Prismari Command are the best of the commands. And I am 
So looking forward to seeing what the rest of these colleges have to offer when the rest of the set is spoiled come March. And of course, hang tight for any and all feedback from me on the set as it arrives. Again, I'm extremely excited for it, particularly when you, if you're following along with the link I left you, if you're following along and seeing the mystical archive section, there's some amazing art coming out for some very valid reprints, some excellent cards that you wanna own. Demonic Tutor in particular, uh, yeah, we all need one of those, and that is very Commander playable. But guys, again, thank you for joining me on this episode. As I do with every video, I like to close this out by thanking my Patreon members. And that random lucky Patreon member getting the shout out this week is Corwin Z. Corwin is one of our brew babies, and I'm so thankful to have you on the brew baby crew. You are among the best. And for his thoughts on the monthly topic, I'll be reading for brew crew member Matthew Mocky. Oh, Braylon and Shabraz. It's turn one, and what's better than a winds of change to disrupt the enemy's game plan? Nothing. It's beautiful. And somewhere down the line, Wheel of Fortune, whilst I have either a Notion Thief or a Hole Breacher in play. I love how chaotic games get when wheeling is on the agenda, and it couples great with the main win con of the deck, Curiosity or an effect of the same sort, which there are plenty of. And that will do it for this video. Hang tight for more Strixhaven coverage on the 99. I'm your host, Headmaster Marlette, and happy brewing, babies.